Hey, everyone. Welcome to Spin Radio, digital marketing insights brought to you by SpinWeb. We're on the web at spinweb.net. I'm Michael Reynolds. And I'm Allison Gibbs. Good morning, Allison. Good morning. <laughs> Did you enjoy your little uh, two-second jam session before Nathan actually kicked in the recording? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were just listening to the intro music, but... It's just like, wait a minute, I didn't actually hit, like, like, play. We didn't actually start the recording. <laughs> he hit play, so. but not the actual broadcast, so... You know, sometimes we... It's been a rough week. You just got a little uh, pre-jam in there before the actual show starting. So, welcome, welcome. I think we we, we were off last week, right? Uh, yeah, we were. The weeks are all running together yes, these days, so, yeah. you were off last week. That's right. I was out last week because I was out. So, anyway, so, welcome back. It's been a couple weeks. <laughs> what? I was like such like a nondescript Michael Reynolds. Yes, I was out because I was out. <laughs> well, apparently when I take a couple days off, everyone in the office is like, what happened? What's he doing? What's he doing? Blah, blah, So no worries. I'm back. I'm here. So, And you were celebrating your anniversary. I was. So happy anniversary to you guys. And my three-year-old's birthday. Oh, yeah, so too. Yeah, a couple, couple fun events there. So anyway, so we're back. So we are, we have a great show today. Uh, especially if you are up on or you're interested in all the new stuff happening in privacy laws. So today we are going to be talking about GDPR. So uh, what does GDPR mean, Allison? Well, Michael, I'm certainly glad that you've asked what that means. GDPR? Did what did you say? GDPR? <laughs> GDPR? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. GDPR. Um, no, so GDPR Get-a-per. stands. I like that. GDPR. Of course you do. And get you a t-shirt that says that. Um, GDPR <laughs> stands for General Data Privacy Regulation. I thought it was data General Data Protection Regulation. Oh, I thought it was Privacy Regulation. Well, well. Well, well. <laughs> <laughs> right off the bat. <laughs> We're doing a really protection. good job. I've seen two sources saying protection in my list here. So I... Like, HubSpot says General Data Privacy Regulation. Really? Yeah, I've got three sources now, including the uh, the ICO.org.uk site saying protection. Uh, okay. All right. Well, hang on. Is HubSpot wrong? Oh wait. Okay. So on another HubSpot article, it says a general data protection regulation. So maybe it was potato, potato. So maybe it was two different. I mean, privacy protection. I guess they're fairly yeah. related. So, well, <laughs> I mean, it's all the same thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yes. Anyway. General data. Not to get sidetracked. Privacy slash protection regulation. <laughs> All right. We're off to a great yeah, start. And we're doing really so, well here. So GDPR. <laughs> oh, so now that we know what it may or may not be called. Um, <laughs> I'm just calling call it GDPR. Jeez. Most people are calling it GDPR. So when you see something, uh, you might have received recently some updated terms and conditions emails from various software that you have used or that you're using and they may have mentioned gdpr they that's kind of what everybody's referring to it as um but it is a new european union regulation that basically is just overhauling the protection of personal data for eu citizens yeah it regulates how businesses are collecting using and processing data from you eu citizens specifically and it comes into effect May 25th, right? May 25th, yes. 2018. Coming right up. As in a few weeks as from now. In a few now. weeks. Okay. Yes. So uh, we need to unpack this a bit because it affects digital marketers in a fairly significant way. Um, so do you want to kind of start with the summary or do you want me to? 
I'm open to either. You were taking a drink of your. I was. What is that drink you're drinking? Oh, I'm drinking a. It looks very fancy. It's a macchiato. It's That's, some Starbucks. Don't, you don't need to know all the, okay. least, <laughs> the six names that I have to say in order to all order right. it. It's slightly embarrassing. But. All right. So, uh, so GDPR basically regulates how businesses can collect and store information from EU citizens. So some might be thinking, well, why does this apply? If we're in the U.S., how does it apply to us in the U.S.? Maybe we don't need to care. Well, you, in fact, do need to care, right? Because... Uh, if you are online at all, which we're assuming you are because it's 2018, if you have a website and you're collecting any kind of information, there is always the chance that a citizen from the EU could actually subscribe to your newsletter or fill out a form on your website or put data into your website. And at that point, correct me if I'm wrong, Allison, but at that point, that is when GDPR kicks in. That's when it becomes an issue. Correct. Yeah. And by the way, this is not legal advice. We need oh, to yes. say this. We need to make sure this is not legal advice and should not be taken as such. Yeah. This we are is, not attorneys. Yeah. We are not attorneys. The We do have probably some legal information that might be shared today, but yeah. you cannot take that as legal advice. There you go. Thank you. Phew. Huh? Protect, protected. Oh, All right. Okay. Contact your attorneys. Thanks. So, so why should we care? Well, as marketers about this. Well, I mean, number one, I think that this is the general direction that the whole world is headed in and keep in maintaining control and privacy of people's information and how they're being marketed to and the types of data that's being collected about them. Well, Facebook is shining a spotlight on this issue. Correct. Very clearly. Correct. Although I want to be very clear that Facebook is not the reason that this is in place. Right. This was already well into motion it's just a related issue well into motion before all of that happened well a lot of people think that the updated terms of in terms and conditions that that are being sent out that it's because of facebook yeah and it's not really because of that it's because of this coming into play so i think that generally speaking this is how the world is going to be turning um which is for the better i think i think it's for the better as well because i think that people are already kind of freaked out as it is about their privacy and the chances are um i mean the likelihood of of somebody like taking any kind of action on this i mean that's the thing that i'll be really interested to see in the next 12 to 18 months to see you know how many citizens of the eu take any kind of action in reporting how their data is being used and whatnot, because it, from various data points that I've seen, not a lot of them really understand what GDPR is and how it may be affecting them in the future. And it, apparently anyone can report you. And if you are a U.S. business and someone reports you for mishandling data from an EU citizen under GDPR, they can take legal action against you with the assistance of U.S. based authorities. So, the, now, if you're a larger target, it's more of a concern. If you're a small business, you're probably, I mean, there's fairly low likelihood that you will be a target. Um, so wherever you're on that spectrum, that's kind of going to determine the likelihood of being targeted. But apparently anyone can report you. Anyone can report you. Any citizen of the EU can report you. And so like Michael has mentioned before, even though you may be a U.S.-based business, I mean, generally speaking, everybody has access to your website around the world. And if you are offering any type of educational resources or any type of uh, data collection or you've got, you know, Facebook tracking pixels or, you know, any type of um, kind of automation. Yeah. yeah, you're already generally speaking, you're opting in automatically 
Um, and so you, it's, it's going to be really important. So if you don't have a huge European audience, then I mean, you're probably going to be okay. But if you do, this is where you really need to, to take a look at your overall marketing process. So why don't we break it down into the, the general concept of GDPR. And then I think we could probably wrap up and end with what's probably most important to our listeners, which is what do you do about it? What, what are the things yep. that, what are the kind of the highlights of common things marketers are doing on your websites and what might you want to adjust? Does that sound okay? Yep. Sounds okay. good. Go for it. What, what's the, what's the general concept here? Well, it's broken down into several kind of different sections. Um, there are eight total uh, kind of points that all kind of generally kind of wrap up into um, data collection, data storage and processing, um, how you end the relationship, and then what happens to your information. How you uh, end the relationship? Like it, uh, That's probably not the best way of saying it. Um what happens when you it, let's say somebody says uh, let's say they're a customer and they decide to go to another business. So what happens to their data when they go to the other business and they're no longer a customer? Oh, I see. Yeah, um, because this goes through. I mean, every single spectrum of what I would consider to be like the inbound marketing marketing methodology. It's not just how you acquire their data; it's how you use it ongoing. Okay. So the data collection. So you just have to be way more transparent than ever before about what you are going to do with that information, with the contact information. So you have to be really, it has to be in plain text. Um, I think that terms and condition pages are no longer going to be super legal. And and, tiny text. Tiny text. (laughs) It's going to be really broken down with, you know, here's what to expect. Here's, you know, what you can do. Um, In the future, if you are, let's say you add a new, let's say you add a webcast program You have to explicitly say to them, you know, now we are going to send this to you um, or they you have to give them the opportunity to opt in. You can't just like blanket send them different marketing materials. Um, So the data collection component. um, So basically, you just have to give them, you know, really plain text. Here's what we're going to do. And it is, an, like I said, it is an ongoing process. So it's not just that once you get their data, you have to continue to update them ongoing. So then the data storage and processing, basically once the data is stored and, collect- and collected, the organization basically needs to ensure that it is stored in a secure manner, which we're big believers of anyway. So, um, and as marketers, we should feel very comfortable and confident in the security of the systems that we're using. Um, one of the things, <laughs> I don't know if you ever, if you saw this anywhere, but one of the things I thought was funny was the, um, people will now be able to ask the, uh, to ask an organization at any time to update their contact information. Okay. Like I could go and be, and let's say I'm an, an EU citizen and I, you know, bought something from a store. I am engaging in services with somebody and, you know, my email address changes. I can go to them at any time. And now, now I can go to them at any time and say, please update my contact information. But you could do that before. That's what I am not understanding <laughs> about it. Okay. That's what I'm not understanding. But yes. Yeah, so that doesn't seem revolutionary to me. I don't. Uh, well, I mean, there's a lot that can be said there. I'm sure there's just that. some random stuff in there that's just Keep my whatever. Mouth shut. Um, so then the other, uh, the other thing with, so ending the relationship 
um, the question that you asked about earlier. So what happens with that personal data once that relationship is done? So let's say somebody unsubscribes or let's say somebody no longer does business with you and does business elsewhere. There are likely state regulations that you have to adhere to if you're in a highly regulated industry. So maybe it's, you know, patient information or if it's if you're a, a bank or a credit union, maybe it's it's holding on to some certain, you know, account account based information for X period of years for auditing purposes. That all has to be explicitly listed out into your terms and conditions of if they were to leave or if they were to unsubscribe or if they were to say delete me from your uh, marketing records. But you have to ad- you you but you have to adhere to certain federal regulations or state regulations. A lot of it's um, based on transparency. It is based on. I mean, all of this is based on yeah. transparency. I would say that's like if I, if you had to hashtag this, I would probably say hashtag can transparency so um so that's there's that and then um the deletion of of the the contact like basically the individual can request at any time to delete their contact which they could anyway which they could anyways but you have, you have to, do to <laughs> you have to do it like right now i mean we could probably go through our database and identify probably you know some people that that um you know, unsubscribe, we keep them in there for either sales purposes or maybe they're, you know, just clients. Whatever, just lady. Yeah. <laughs> I'm cleaning them out. Or we haven't cleaned them out. I'm pretty good about cleaning them out. But, um, <laughs> but like, the, but we have some people in there that have unsubscribed that are current clients. Um, yeah. And so, like, that would be one thing that we would have to take, technically take them out of the marketing mm-hmm. side, but like, we can keep them in the CRM side. That's yeah. the kind of a lot process of, there. A lot of people are probably wondering, does this apply to me? And really, I think we kind of touched on it before, but this applies to really anybody with a website that collects information because a website is accessible anywhere in the world. So if you're thinking that, oh, I'm a U.S. business, I don't really do business with anybody outside the U.S., maybe I'm even local, I'm in my own city, um, so it doesn't really apply to me. Not, not true, because for whatever reason, someone from the U.K. or from the, you know, from the EU could come over and just stumble upon your website from some search, fill out information to get something you're offering for download, and then they're in your database, and that could, that could affect you. So um, do you mind if I jump to kind of some kind of tactical how-tos of what you might address in your own marketing? What if I said no right now? Then I would continue. I'd say, continue, carry on. <laughs> what else yes, you got? You go can, ahead. No, yes, you can go. You can move into that. All right. So let's, let's talk about kind of how it affects your marketing and, and what are the most common areas to address. So um, one of the big things is this will likely affect anyone who is using any kind of inbound techniques like uh, downloadable information that you trade an email address for. So right now, what do most people do? They, they offer an ebook or something for download and you put in your email address. And what happens when you put in your email address to get the download? Where does your email address end up? Probably on your newsletter list, right? In a database. A database. can be used any which way. Right. And so you're using it to send emails out. So you can no longer, under GDPR, you cannot offer... Uh, and a download or a resource and then automatically subscribe people to your newsletter and send them further marketing information. That is no longer acceptable. You have to offer explicit opt-in. You can't default to an opt-in. You have to really make it explicit that, hey, as I download this, I have to explicitly opt in to your further email messages um, or I can just not opt in and still get the resource. You can't basically um, require someone to give you personal information for a service. 
and they're defining a service as even you know information for download. So that's something you want to look at probably right away because many, many people are simply using this opt-in as a newsletter sign-up. So you have to be really explicit about it, allow people to opt-in. That's going to be the first place to look. So you have to... Basically, let me back up a little bit. So you have to also offer a um, a lawful basis, they're calling it, for processing information. Um, there are let's see, six different lawful bases for... Uh, collecting information, and the one that you're most likely to fall under is going to be consent. And so the consent just simply means the individual has given you clear consent for you to process their data for a specific purpose. And so if you have have a double opt-in email sign-up, that is acceptable for consent because they are very clearly consenting by double opt-in process. So others are including a contract. If it's necessary for them to give you personal information to do business with you or a legal obligation or... Uh, one is vital interest, where processing is necessary to protect someone's life. doesn't really apply to marketers in general. Um, public tasks, things like that. Most of them are not going to apply in marketing, but the one that applies in marketing is just consent. So out of all the lawful bases for processing information, you typically want to choose consent. That's the that's the one that you're going to be basically kind of staking your claim on as your reason for collecting information on your website. Does that make sense? It does make sense, okay. yes. Okay. I couldn't tell if you were just listening intently or looking at me with glazed mm-hmm. eyes. So. <laughs> nope. I just, you know, lots of details. With us. <laughs> lots of details. So another thing that is important is you have to have contracts with third-party data processors. So let me actually find the, the specifics on this. So you have to get what's called data processing agreements. And so, for example, if you are... Uh, using third-party data sources or data collection services like Google Analytics, for example, or like Stripe or MailChimp or payment processing services, uh, Zapier, PayPal, any of these services, you need to get a data processing agreement from them. And they typically make it pretty easy. For example, uh, MailChimp, for example, let's do it online. You go to their website and you can fill out a form and sign the DPA online. Uh, Stripe, for example, you can contact their customer service at privacy at stripe.com and they will email you a data processing agreement to sign online. So it's not a huge deal, but you do need to go through this process because these data processing agreements, um, they basically define how they are using the information as well. And so you have to have kind of a, a, a transparent agreement on what they're doing with the data. So make a list of any third-party processing services that you're using that collect data, and I would go through those and start getting those DPAs in place uh, to be... GDPR compliant. Those are really the big things. Uh, the consent, the opt-in. Um, the the other thing is with a privacy notice. So your privacy policy needs to be clear, uh, needs to be up-to-date, uh, needs to be readily accessible. And you, those of you who maybe have kind of skipped out on doing a privacy policy because you didn't get around to it, it needs to be up-to-date and readily accessible on your website. So talk to your legal counsel, have them put one together for you. There are also online services that do it. Uh, but you really need to get a privacy policy in place that notifies your website visitors what's going on and your um, your alignment and uh, compliance with GDPR and just privacy policy in general. So those are kind of the typical things I would look at first. And 90% of the time, if you're doing digital marketing, like the type that we talk about, those areas are going to get you in compliance. The big one is really the consent and the... Um, 
the way you handle data if you're offering a resource to someone and collecting their information. So is that, uh, I know it's kind of a lot of detail stuff, but does that make sense, Allison? What have I missed or what do you think is is up for clarification there? Well, I think the biggest question is what, over time, how is this going to affect the marketing landscape on the whole? Because this is forcing us essentially to be really diligent about the data that we are collecting. And uh, I would think very much so that the United States is probably going to adopt something similar in future years, given um, everything that has gone on yeah, in would, recent years that. with d- d- between like credit card processing and hacking and all, you know, the um, what was the, the credit company that got hacked uh, within the past? Equifax. Equifax. Thank you. Equifax or Experian? I forget which one. I can't remember. <laughs> you know. Equifax. Nathan says Equifax. Thank Equifax, you. Equifax. Thank you. Um, between all of that happening and all of this stuff with Facebook, I think it's just because I think people are becoming more aware of it. Now, I'm not afraid of my, I'm not afraid of being tracked. I've talked about this before. That doesn't scare me. Um, but I do love this idea of now we're putting the control back into the consumer's hands, which is where it should be anyway. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's just going to, I think it's really going to force us to up our game and it's going to force marketers in the long term to get really creative about how we market and it's going to force us to be tailored. So we've talked about segmenting in the past. We've talked about being, you know, really diligent in, per, in providing a personalized experience. This is going to d- force us into that direction if you aren't already there. Yeah, it's the way marketing should be anyway. I mean, we're, I agree with as that. a company, we're moving, we've been moving that way for a while now, away from, you know, the gated landing pages and, and doing a lot more with resource pages and open to anyone resources where you don't have to put an email address in. And it's really affecting our search volume, like, dramatically. It's, it's, we've seen our, our organic search really um, significantly improve as a result. So it's good for marketing. It's good for people. So, I mean, it kind of goes back to don't trick people. I mean, that's kind of what... I, I interpret GDPR as stop tricking people. <laughs> That's kind of what, I, what yes, I'm boiling and, it down to. And w- the majority of the resources and experts that I have <clears throat> been following on this process has basically said, if you are following good practices to begin with, that you shouldn't, this should not be a scary thing for you. This should be an exciting thing for you. Um, there are some things that you will have to change or that you'll likely have to change in order to put all of this into place. But it shouldn't be so drastic, and if it is so drastic, then it's time for you to <laughs> to kind of wake up anyway. So, um, but it's a process. I mean, it's it's really scary and it's daunting when you think about totally changing over your entire marketing process and and you know getting more personalized. That usually requires you know probably more expensive software than what you're using right now. A huge cost to your business. Um, but in the end, I think it's well worth it to provide that tailored experience, which is what people want anyways. So one thing I want to note here, I forgot to mention this, that, um, if you are kind of freaking out wondering, Oh, do I need to go through all my contacts and figure out all this consent stuff? Um, according to the uh, consent guidelines, you're not required to automatically, they're calling it repaper or refresh all existing, uh, DPA consents in preparation for GDPR. So it's more of a going forward step to take. You don't have to go back and, you know, individually go through your entire database. But if you implement these practices going forward, that's the that's the important thing. Is that your understanding of it as well? Yes. And you have to um, 
you basically have to i we should, probably should have said this i should have said this when i was kind of describing everything broken down um you have to be able to prove at any point in time that you received the consent from mm. so when you were talking about the lawful basis earlier of consent yeah. you have to be able to prove that at some point in time so setting up your email registration process is going to be really important and now's a good time to revisit that just in case um and if you are if you're using a marketing automation software or a CRM or some combination thereof then that will as long as you are having them opt in and that you're not auto opting them in for every single communication then you should um you should have that within your database but just make sure just double check that with what with whatever software that you're using i know hubspot's been doing a lot of work with this um mailchimp's been using doing a lot of work so yeah they've been really on top of it um so yeah and then just as a did you see what the um what the fines are uh three to five percent of uh, yes well it's it's either it's fines of up to 20 million euro or four percent of their global annual revenue whichever is higher wow that's kind of (laughs) jaw-dropping i'm like i yes i that's i'm I mean, I think I feel like they're saying, you know, we're taking this very seriously. Yeah, yeah. And you know what it reminds me of it reminds me of the, um, like the can spam, yeah, act that we have here. So we have obviously we have laws here. I shouldn't say obviously. In most countries outside the U.S. Knows. have more stringent laws. Yeah. Than we do. So we have, uh, we have you know our own email marketing laws here, can spam act, where we have to follow certain things. And I mean, people have been fined quite a bit of money in the past. Uh, for not following those laws. So I think that it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next 12 to 18 months to see, you know, if people start reporting what happens there, because at some point I think somebody's going to be <laughs> the case study of why you should have these things in place. Well, it's going to be like um, ADA. It's going to be like, you know, exactly. Winn-Dixie was the big ADA poster child. Exactly. And so <laughs> someone's going to come along exactly. and be the, Who's the poster be child the, for the Winn-Dixie GDPR. Of, of GDPR. Uh. Well, <laughs> All right. So uh, it's an evolving um, regulation, so I'm sure we'll talk about it more. But there, I want to make sure, if nothing else, if our listeners become aware of it, and maybe they weren't before, we've done our job today. And if it helps you kind of start to look at how to get into compliance very soon, we've we've also done our job. So uh, send us questions to radio at spinweb.net if you have anything on that. So I also want to um, get an announcement for a webcast coming up next week. So depending on when you're listening to this, uh, if you're listening pretty soon, uh, after publication, you've got time to sign up for a webcast we have next week on pillar content and how it uh, uh, boosts your search engine optimization. Uh, we're going to give you examples, very uh, concrete case studies on how to use pillar content to dramatically ad- improve your search engine optimization and organic search traffic. So I'm really excited about it because uh, Allison saw me putting the slide deck together. I was actually really was excited just, about the results yeah. we're seeing, like some some really dramatic results we're going to share and how it's to do really it good, yourself. So webcast, uh, to one. sign up, go to spinweb.net slash webcasts, uh, cast with an S. So spinweb.net slash webcasts, as in plural, webcast. And you can find it there. It's at the top. And uh, it's free. Get signed up. And uh, we would love to see you there. So with that... We'll go ahead and wrap up there. Anything else you would add, Allison? Are we good? I don't think so. I think we're good. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Reminder, you can find us on the web at spinweb.net. We help with website, professional website projects, as well as digital marketing strategy and engagements. Um, If you have any questions or comments for us, send it to us at radio at spinweb.net. 
and we appreciate you being a listener. We'll see you next time.